Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Before we dive into today's video, I want to remind everyone that Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the books that we make. We are working cartoonists. Ed Piscor's Red Room Trigger Warnings and Red Room The Antisocial Network are now available wherever you buy books. These are collections of his series, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit. They are four complete stories plus a lot of cool back matter and they can be read in any order. So whichever book you encounter first is where to start. You can pick up Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, is now back in print. From Image Comics, eight complete full-color stories about the homeless ninja on a skateboard, perfect for any superhero or action fan on your list, including yourself, and Hulk Grand Design Monster Madness. The comic books are out now and available in comic shops. This is a retelling of the 60-year history of The Incredible Hulk. The oversized Treasury Edition will be in stores in early 2023. I highly recommend you pre-order that book. It's the best thing I've designed, and it is designed to fly off the shelves. So let your local comic shop know that you want a copy of that. And if you're anywhere near Tokyo the last weekend in November, make sure you go to Tokyo Comic-Con and say hello to Ed Piscor in person. He will be sharing a table there with the great Jeff Darrow, along with many other cartoonist kayfabe favorites. So that should be an amazing event. But we are going to uh, take today and go further down our early manga road with Hotel Harbor View, story by Natsuo Sikikawa and art by Yiro Taniguchi, who some of you at home may know from quite a few of his books have been translated into English. These are just a couple of them. A very naturalistic styled artist, although he has done quite a bit of genre work over the years. But Hotel Harbor View, I'm sure, is the first appearance in English sure. of his work and probably the first time most American readers uh, became aware of his work. And <clears throat> for whatever reason, Ed, somehow I came, uh, came across this Viz In. You can see free copy, volume two, number seven. We often talk about Viz. And I mean, biggest comic book publisher in America. You know, they're, they're huge. And uh, you wonder where they start, right? You know, in 87 or so, whenever they, they originally team up with Eclipse for Mai and a few of these books, which we do have videos on, but how do they build that massive empire? When they start publishing themselves, because this is only, I believe this is 1990 is the date yeah. for uh, Hotel Harborview, they're putting this stuff out. You would buy these as like 100 copy packs. So if you're a comic book shop, I think it was like four bucks for a hundred of these and then put them in the bags of your customers, right? To promote what this stuff is. And, um, you know, relatively simple. It's just folded in half once, but it gives highlights of what they have coming out. Crying Freeman, Portrait of a Killer graphic novel. I have this sitting on my shelf from way back when as well. You have Portrait of a Killer? I, I have this exact copy. You know, I, it's this trade paperback of the first volume. I think I do too, man. Well, that might have to be a Sunday vid. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, these were those early days. Uh, we've looked at Cobra number one. So kind of neat to see how this works. Here you can see the Vision magazine, four bucks per bundle of 100. So they were putting these out maybe on a monthly basis as just like, get it in front of comic book readers, you know, let them know that we are doing something and something different. And it brings us to Hotel Harbor View. The way they describe this hard-boiled classic, the uh, hard-boiled is, is uh, it's noir, yeah. you know, and, they, and the write-up kind of describes some of the film noir that influenced this stuff. But this is a crime comic. So a little bit before Sin City and maybe a little bit before crime comics were, were big in comic shops, but a very easy book to get into. So odd. Like, the stories are so weird. And they are like, strange. Because they're almost, like, the one is kind of barely a crime. Yeah. You know, in a way. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I noticed you have a copy that doesn't have... They did three books that have this, like, 
I threw it away. Plastic cover on. It's the weirdest yeah, thing. Yeah, I hate it. I, I don't know what the, what that is. If I, it's ch I chucked value it. Value added or something. So there's what the real shit looks like. Cause I hate that that like lenticular without the lenticular. I don't know what it's about. You know the other thing I was looking at and trying to figure out. So 1990. This is 10 bucks. It's 96 pages. You know it's basically like a trade paperback or a graphic novel way before those things were a norm on a shelf. That's a big ask, man, going to the comic shop and being like, give me 10 bucks for this. It really is. Creators I've never heard of because, uh, in, in manga that I'm probably unfamiliar the with. The first couple of trades that I ever picked up, like a G.I. Joe Special Missions that has like six issues, mm -hmm. it was um, six ninety five. So obviously not as many copies of this as, as G.I. Joe like at, at, at that point. This is very sexy, very, very Dan Zetwalk. Yeah. And in, in, in case you can't tell, this is like a translucent piece. Um, it very nice book design. I think Viz has been a an attractive book designer for a long time. Yeah. And uh, starts right in the beginning. So definitely some something we talk about trying to track down an interview with some uh, some Viz people to get a little bit of insights into their history and would love to, you know, cut that up. Uh, no, no telling exactly, and maybe somebody in the comments will know, like, when this material originally showed up. It has maybe a late 70s to, like, mi like mid-80s kind of vibe to it, uh, in terms of the art construction. And I think that uh, the art, you know, this is not the Jiro Teneguchi that, that we are uh, familiar with uh, so much, with that very, like, thin line and, and less blacks. But I think that uh, maybe um, the mandate or certainly what his specific influence was at the time, I think Ryoichi Ikigami was a heavyweight uh, because this this feels more in that vibe and it feels more pushed that way than what we know Jiro Taniguchi to be. So it has the sex, it has, the, it has all the pretty people, uh, and it has the violence, and it has the big moments. Um, a lot of Ryoichi Ikigami flavor, and, and I think that that was probably even an influence for publishing that this in America, you know. Now that paper that you showed us, it, did, it doesn't have sanctuary, which is closer to the ikigami that I that I would mm -hmm. imagine this would fit by. But there is crying Freeman. Right. I think when you're dealing with this artist too, like, what do you do with a very naturalistic style like that? And to me, like, crime fiction feels like some is an application if that's you know a style that you are sort of leaning towards anyway yeah um there's talk here like this is an old time hotel with a lot of history behind it and uh, it's in hong kong the setting of this first story and it feels like they're very much acknowledging the film influence yes you know as they talk about maybe some hollywood stars who have passed through here and some movies that they're referencing and this guy is a photographer. He meets this lady that's coming in specifically to uh, pose for him. Yeah, and it's very important because, like, you know, he's he's directing her. Also, yes. also Jim Lee called me from the airport. Yeah, I saw that on the reread. <laughs> was like, what? Um, he's directing everything. This Keep is... this in mind for the Jim Lee shoot. <laughs> right. Uh, it's a very choreographed situation that that he's creating. So he is like a type A guy mm -hmm. you know and he needs things his way he's a control freak absolutely and and very much constructing his kind of like uh experiences yes and that comes home to roost you know the other thing that would have been wild is looking at this in 1990 if you pull this off a comic book shop shelf because like you're not seeing this in american comics no. you know two people having sex and you know nudity and stuff like this would have been a pretty rare sight in a 
not behind the counter, hidden underground box kind of presentation. And I've never seen this book as a, as a kid. Like I, like I bought this comic two years ago or something. Right. So as we go along, you get a little bit of hints of one, his relationship with this model that he's shooting, but also kind of his life, which is just sitting at that bar and drinking and, and kind of uh, wasting away in some ways. He's a real sourpuss. And now we see him doing his best taxi driver imitation. And it's like, all right, we've got sex and violence mixed up here, a little bit of alcohol. Still that type A. Like all the elements of that film noir. He's practicing. Yes. Yeah. Hoping to die in this town as he meets another uh, expat and passes him on the street. What casual is, conversation. What a psychic vampire. Yeah. Seriously. Dude, I was just asking you, how, how are you? You're supposed to just say, oh, good. That's how yeah. we do. And... As the bartender makes small talk with him, he's kind of implying that uh, he's got another visitor coming and, and don't worry, it'll be over soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. bartender's like, I don't want trouble here. So you kind of get the sense of something is building. It is a bizarre story, and it's about, I don't know, this is 96 pages, so there are two stories in this. These is are this, one shots. Yeah, 40, 40 pages, 45 pages, something like that. Yeah, these are little one shots that would just show up. And it's still that same manga pacing, so you have to, like, be expeditious, man, with your introductions to characters and setting the moment and all that kind of stuff, because it's all done in dialogue, there's no captions and stuff. Yeah, whenever I started reading some of the that crime fiction from that era, the how concise that storytelling is is one of the pieces that stuck with me, and I think that's in this story. Yeah. You know, it's very, there's, there's nothing extra in this story. See, this is the very Ikigami kind of thing and, it, and this lets you know this like mid 80s maybe with that with that power hair yeah i am woman hear me roar type shits you know he, he says stuff like i'm not running now is there is there uh having their exchange back and forth and you realize like oh boy <laughs> this is the trouble that was coming standoff baby and he's apparently ready for it right look at the movement <clears throat> of all this drapery like you really feel that i was looking at this foot because it feels just slightly like a weird angle. Yeah. And I think that that's amazing because it's almost in a different, a split second different than where this leg is. Sure. You know, like the timing is different. And it's, but it's also like, you know, that is not the footwear to be having a Mexican standoff in, you know? That's so, true. so, so there's that. And, uh, one of the things, my, one of my favorite images in Akira volume one is a splash page of Kaneda grabbing the dude's hand with the gun and the recoil is massive. So there is muzzle flash, yeah. and then the gun is way up, and you have like more controlled versions right here, yes. where that hand, that gun is recoiling a bit, and this is where the gun shot takes place. I think that's so cool. It really sells the the motion, and it's accurate. I just put together a collection of covers, and one of my covers is a western and a guy shooting a shotgun, and it has that effect. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I've, I've used it a lot of times. I used it two times in in the Beats graphic novel with uh, William Burroughs playing William Tell with his old lady. There you go. Um, use of motion lines oh, yeah. suddenly come into effect. And if you go back through again, like timing is such a big part of this storytelling. And suddenly as the time kind of picks up, we get that one moment of like a burst of speed with those speed lines. And now we're going to slow it down to the ultimate. And this is the cult reason behind me knowing about this book and picking sure. it up years later. Yeah, four pages. Because here we go. Her bullet is, uh, we see where his missed, just just off target a little bit. Now let's see what hers is going to do. Yeah, but and the, this is a classic But sequence. the thing is, like, he hit his target. 
That's true. You know what I mean? Like he hit his target. He shot himself. You're exactly right, and it's and it's where that bullet is going to hit more or less. Yeah. Man, really drawing it out, and then, bam, Those make, makes eyes, it smart. I mean, this is just so funny. Like creating bullet time way before the Matrix, and then you get the sense, like right here, it's that kind of Michael Bay where it's slow, and then as soon as it hits, it's. Whoosh, it's quick yeah. again. Love this too. Yeah. Where it's kind of the same size as him, but it's a different a different uh plane, you know, the feet. Yeah, very dangling. important. You don't want to tangent that. No, no, absolutely not. And uh he's down. His uh I don't know, lover prostitute shows up and sees him there. There's a very brief exchange. And the chicks are like, listen, he he paid me too. So like I only did what I was told. Yeah, so 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 did the other lady, you know? The other lady was his sexual interest, and, and we get character from him with his interactions with her, choreographing the, the, the porno shoot, and literally down to the words they said in the gunfight exchange were pre-planned. Yes. And he was supposed to be shot, and she's kind of marveling that like he drew and shot, but didn't hit her, probably on purpose. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He just wanted to prove that he was a quick draw. That was what the, all the practice was and stuff. It also uh, frees her up, right? Self-defense. Yeah. Uh, cancer. So yeah. the guy, you know, he, he was dying of cancer and uh, decided to do this before the pain beat him. Yeah. He wanted to be shot dead in a hotel bar in Hong Kong like some cool gangster in an old movie. Now Wrote if, my lines for me. No, if that was me, I would say maybe shoot me like... 10 times real fast like i don't want to feel it i do think you're taking a chance because who's got the nerves to just like i've never killed anybody but let me take this one shot relatively quickly and end your life yeah like shoot me a thousand times <laughs> i only do what my customers pay me for just like you yeah a lot of a lot of they do a lot of that in this in this story of like parallel pieces yeah in let's, this case parallel characters let's get our comic book melodrama on the next page jim <laughs> the hooker with a heart of gold that's noir yeah it's it's a cool story it's kind of neat to see it done in a you know with a little bit of a different voice now the, more of that ikigami flavor totally that's that's very much so and um this is our second story now they say episode two and this is uh another crime story this is the wild shit right here man yes because, i thought about this like we've all been in this airport right <laughs> but it looks like you know it's dots but then when there's like overlapping dots that taper, like, what the fuck is that? That you know, it's not a zip zipitone screen. You think that's a duo shade? I don't. I don't. Like if if it's anything because the way it tapers and stuff, maybe it's um. Yeah, because like you can't do that by ganging up screen tones. I no, don't think because no, the edges dots. are rough. Yeah, it's and it's not duo tone because there's very many grays. There's about three, four, or five different grays. Um. I'm at a loss. Hmm. Well, Kfabers, fill in some comments if you know anything about this. We've got manga uh, manga viewers out there. But look at the technique. And, like, we could say, okay, trace the photograph. Fine. But cutting in light rays through the glass of all different value, um, creating the translucency that way, uh, not touching the edges. There's so much technique in here that... Even if he traced the photo, there's so much art that's being done here that you can't even hate. 
you're corny if you if you're talking shit. Yeah, the, the the weird reflections are an amazing touch. And look at this as like a reflection in an eyeball. So yeah. you have like those all that stuff that we see in the first panel, but now it's it's a little bit circular wrapped around the shape of the iris. Zoom out. Incredible. All right, so we got a story set in Paris, and the story is, well, here we go. These two guys encounter each other, and uh, there's an exchange of guns, and one man kills the other. It's a real cool move, too. He's got, like, just his kind of finger inside the, the trigger barrel or whatever that's called, and just flips it up, blasts the dude. Yeah, you get those motion lines with the slight curve. Other guy shoots the damn ground, and, and we spend a whole lot of time on that. Yes, we do. It even goes back in time, I feel like, the strips. Like, like this shit is like what happened seconds before. That's a really strange effect, the bullet hitting the ground and mushrooming. Yeah. It's real interesting. It's almost like you did the research on bullets and stuff to do this story, and now you're going to show off what you learned. Yeah. I'm going to put it to use. Yeah, I mean, we saw that in the previous one. You know what it is? There's probably a little bit of a fetishization because it's such a, like... They're not fucking with guns out over there. So yeah, I think you're right. I've seen um, some other movie, like I've seen British movies where like the treatment of the gun is like, it's unlike the way that we treat gun. It's this coveted, like you got a gun, like you're a bad guy and you got, how the fuck did you do that? So the story goes, this is a known assassin. He's been away for a while and she recognizes him. Also an assassin. Well, that's a problem. He's yeah. not supposed to be operating in this town, and uh, she is tasked with uh, basically putting a hit on him. His eyes are so specific. They're these, like, long horizontal rectangles with, like, almost straight edges at the top and bottom. It's so interesting they do these sequences, right, where they're just passing on elevators, and it's like, did he recognize her? This one part, man, like, shouts to the fucking letterer cutting cutting lettering and perspective in zipatone like you could see even some of the cuts up top mm -hmm. and shit so they get mad props from me for that that's a time consuming little piece it reminds me of like uh some of the john woo stuff yeah. you know where like the characters have these these connections to each other these like past connections and there's a real feeling of that and just pages of nothing you know no dialogue it's really cool yeah we often look at like, you know, wordless scenes and stuff and admire them. And I feel like the stuff that they're communicating in the wordless sequences in here, not what you usually see in wordless sequences. Be sl like slowed down to a crawl. You, you start to fucking put words in it. You start to Stan Lee it up. Just destroy your rhythm. Yeah, we get a little bit of, this is like found video footage of him from a few years ago training. And it's like, man, that guy's really good. And then painting her toenails. Meticulous. drawing. I like the, the eye expression here, too. It feels like if you're going dead. to... Yeah, a little dead. If you're going to be an assassin, a killer, like... Gotta be cold. That at least fits, I think, with the uh, at least fictional depiction of assassins. There's the great Jay-Z who said, heart cold like assassins. A lot of this stuff I enjoy. Lights running through the streets at night. Yeah, they, like that's the thing that Otomo put down with a with Akira in a big bad way. Reading comics within we're, comics, I always love that. We're in gay Paris, dude. So so like, it's Bondesne, man. And and they're even like I feel like he just light boxed some legit stuff because it has like a a different kind of line. It's it has the full British, I mean the uh, French vibe to it. You know, it's a tor what's it uh, a torpedo. 
<laughs> and she's really uh, kind of pushing the limit, man. Keeps exposing herself to him. Like, why doesn't he recognize me? Yeah, yeah. She's putting herself in that in that position. Like, come on, man. Film noir. You know, clearly uh, putting their their influences on their sleeves here. And she's like distraught over this. Yeah. He's the guy that taught her to kill. She's very insulted. So how does he not remember her? Yeah, very insulted. You can't do that to a lady. Yeah, more than a brief encounter. He was the one who taught me to kill. I like this kind of incidental signage too. Probably coming from some kind of reference, you know, photo reference that they assemble. Yeah. But it's still, I don't know, it adds to it, you know, without it being like overly labored in terms of a film or as a, uh, you know, like a photo reference. But it adds something quality to the street. Yeah, talking about adding something, man. Like the glint on the, on the windshield at this level is adds as much life as like when you put the little white glint in a pupil. So much, so much. And because there's so many of them, it's that metropolitan. Yeah, it, it's clearly communicated just with, with white. It reminds me of Drive whenever that movie came out and it'd be like the neon would be re yeah. reflecting on the windshield. You'd have those long kind of shots of that. You know, it really has that kind of like cool 80s vibe. This is real wild screens, man. Like uh, parallel line screens and far more than just dots. Certainly her, her, her outfit is a screen. Boy, I'm going to be buying some screens soon, Jimmy. Yeah. $4.50. Well, 450 yen, so even less, like $2 at this point with a USD to yen equivalent. I'm coming back with a stack, bro. <laughs> All of this drawing of like the chain link fences and signs and rivets and stuff they have full um reference books of that kind of shit it would just be this photo and then do with it what you will make a high contrast xerox and then gussy it up with some line art look this is another one of those like spaghetti western stare downs oh, yeah. you know across the tracks now they're looking at each other yeah very important and they and they they tease that moment out a long time oh yeah <laughs> ain't, ain't this like your uh elementary school yearbook photo with a little laser lines. That's some 80s shit right there, baby. And I, I love, like, she can't she can't kill him without him remembering. Like, she needs him to that's remember. Her, that's her kink. You know, like, like you got to know who I am. Smart to do a right-hand page for this, right? <laughs> That'll get, get a few uh, few extra sales as the guys are flipping through this at the comic shop. Just gorgeous. Like, like chipping away, mm -hmm. you know, with, like a, like, a straight edge. Like, you know, a razor blade. There's to... a lot of drawing both ways on that. Yeah. Yeah, good way to put it. And you see that buildup of uh, the screens on the water, you know, where it's like you're ganging up a screen or doing a duo shade or something yeah, on there. Yeah, it's really not ganging up screens, man. It's, I mean, these are independent dots that are just thicker. I just don't know. It's so perfect. Like, there's no no outline or um, overlap visible. Yeah, and there's too much, like... And, like, this stuff, it's scraped away. Like, yeah. I, I just don't know how you get that edge. And there's too much, like of one value that it cannot be a photostat of a gray wash because it would be more fuss like mm -hmm. inside the dots and stuff so i have no fucking clue it baffles me i think we actually even called out that sort of thing um in uh, akira yeah it seems familiar i think it's the one with frank whiteley i love this stuff too never forget that we were in love as she's like pulling the trigger on this dude this is romance, you know. This is this is this is assassin sex, you know. Wasn't there an Angelina Jolie like Antonio Banderas movie or something? I don't know, but assassin sex is a great name for anything. Yeah. Movie, book, comic, you name it. 
and the train comes too, like so dramatic. Hits him with a couple in the chest. The train comes zipping by to uh, obscure their vision of each other. He falls over dead, and she's uh, and this is that very gone. very Japanese sequence where this guy just like notices and puts the dude's brim on his head. This drawing looks very close to a uh, Don Simpson Bizarre Heroes number zero, I believe. Uh, drawing like like there is a dude and, and the drawing is almost exactly the same man if same i'm not not too stuff. lazy in the edit maybe i'll look for that yeah <laughs> remember so cheesy yeah this uh fred burke piece is the same piece that appears in here I so see. again giving some context to the uh the film noir influence and the history of that and where that overlaps and then this is kind of an interesting piece yeah because the writer uh, Viz Communications is honoring the request from Mr. Sikakawa that his profile not be included in this book. Yeah. I wonder about that. You know, there's that stuff like when we were talking with uh, Fred Schott, and he was like, I'm never writing about manga ever again. Because when I write this stuff, like, it was okay when it was in the Japanese publication saying that, these guy, that this guy wrote this arrow manga or this kind of porno thing. But when they found out it's being translated to English, like those people would come out of the woodwork as mangaka and say, no, I didn't do that. Like, I'm not known for that. And it's like, yeah, you are. Like, almost everything you did is that. You signed off on it. But now that it's like going to this American audience, uh, who knows what their perception is of that? Like, so they want to put like their best foot forward. I'm just speculating, but there's precedent. Like, we, we literally had conversations yeah. with Fred Schott uh, t talking about like how... Uh, the the mangaka want a different perception in the West than the, than they have back home. So I wonder if there's something about that, or if it's like a Chris Ware thing where he's like, I do not approve of this bullshit, zippy zippy kind of cover. I cannot have my name on a book that has a little hologram with no hologram on it. Yeah, I think it's probably more A than B. Because how so did they even know what this is going to be? Yeah. Whenever they're making the book. One last note. Look at the blue in his face shadows. Like it's a very black and white looking, you know, gray kind of cover, but it's not. Yeah. You know, this is the thing we used to do in painting where it'd be like flesh color, you know, uh -huh. you'd have greens in it and all these different colors that you don't think of as skin. And that might be green. Yeah, be green. it looks like there's some green there, but I mean, the blue is very yeah. pronounced. And whenever we complain, I complain about browns and grays on all the uh, full color books. You know, even whenever you're going black and white, it's like there's color. There's room for color in that yeah. stuff. Yeah, super cool, man. Jimmy, you good to go? I am. Okay, favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, tell the people what's out there, man. Street Angel, Deadly Squirrel Live is back in comic shops, back in print from Image Comics. Eight complete full-color stories. Um, it's action superhero comics at the finest that I'm capable of. So pick that one up if you haven't read it already. Uh, Hulk Grand Design Monster Madness, the retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk. The comic books are out now. The oversized treasury edition with the fluorescent green cover that you are going to want on your coffee table and shelves will be in stores in early 2023. Pre-order that now. With the way printing is, if you want a copy, pre-order to make sure you get one. Uh, join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where I post lots of comics, arts, uh, Q&As, things of that nature. And I just recently posted a PDF of all of my freelance covers and notes to those. So if you're into art or process, you will enjoy that. And Ed, what about you? Red Room Trigger Warnings, Red Room the Anti-Social Network, trade paperbacks are in stores today as we speak. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. Each of these books contains four complete stories uh, that are self-contained uh, and 70 pages plus of additional material. 
Uh, you can get these books at uh, any any good bookstore, comic shop, or uh, online. And hit up my Patreon, patreon.com slash edpiscore. Three bucks will get you the archive there for more than 300 pages worth of comics. It's less than a penny a page of comics that are up there in the archive, but I put new strips up uh, once a week. Um, my link tree in the description below this video will get you to all of those destinations. And we thank you guys for your patronage because that makes uh, these videos possible. Jimmy, tell the people what else we have out there, man. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, stickers, fanny packs, and lots more at our spread shop, also in the links below this video. It's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Given those marching orders, Jimmy, we'll be on our way. Read more manga.